Welcome to the NRL.com Preview Podcast. My name is Chris Kennedy. Alicia Newton, NRL.com Crack Reporter, is here as always. Alicia, thank you for dialing in. Not a problem. And can I quickly just say it's my favourite round because we can use that word penultimate and I haven't heard it all week, so I'm just throwing it out there nice and early. I haven't got into a single yarn yet. I'm very ashamed of myself. Uh, Marty Lenahan <laughs> is here as well. Marty, have you uh, been throwing penultimate around when you've been subbing yarns? No, but thanks to Alicia, I'll uh, give it a run now. <laughs> uh, but luckily, it's not the penultimate uh, preview podcast. We've got a few more of those to go. That is true. We've got a few more uh, through the final series, absolutely. But it is the penultimate round. It's round 24 of 25 in the NRL Telstra Premiership. Before we talk about some games, there's a, uh, a poll that's... Uh, gone live on nrl.com this evening uh the the uh, fans poll um having their say on all the big issues on the game and also uh the best player the best player in each position best coach um all this sort of stuff so just to run through a few of the uh the headline um notes from uh from this poll that's gone up um turbo tom has been the uh, the big winner the uh the best player in the game, the best fullback, obviously, and also the uh, the Dally M favourite. Um, Alicia, I'll start with you, probably. I mean, no real surprise given his dominance, but he's only played half a season, so it's pretty impressive. Yeah, we'll just say an off-air. It's very much, I guess, what you sort of what you see in this present moment, I feel, with these sort of fan polls. Not saying that it's, it's wrong. Obviously, Tommy's had a, an amazing year, and he's easily in the top five players of the game. But, um, yeah, clear front runner. He's obviously just given the injuries that he had you know, throughout his career to be able to bounce back this year. And, um, you know, what he's done with Manly is, you know, we haven't seen it for a very long time. A lot of people compare it to Garrett Hayne in 2009. I think it's gone well past that. I think, um, you know, you only saw last week against the Raiders how much Manly struggled without him. Um, you know, just what sort of impact he can have in the finals in the next couple of weeks. Marty, a few other interesting takeouts. Eels recruit Isaiah Papali'i, the buyer of the year and the second rower of the year. Um, I'm not sure too many of us saw that coming when um, Eels picked him up for a song from the, uh, the Warriors in the offseason. Oh, he's been sensational, CK. I've got to say, mate, I do. I love the fans poll. It's, uh, used to love it at Rugby League Week when we did one there. And I think uh, the fans, it's their game. I love to hear what they've got to say. So, yeah, Papali'i, hasn't he had a magnificent season? I don't think, as you said, anybody could have imagined what he's been able to do for Parramatta. He's just uh, played out of his skin all year, been a huge part of their pack. And even though, look, they may have been off the boil a little bit of late, but at the end of the day, they put themselves in a very strong position early and they'll be part of the finals and he'll be a key player for them for sure. A few of the other uh, takeouts, Brian Toto, winger of the year. Uh, Justin Ollam edging out Joey Manu for centre of the year. Cody Walker in front of Luai and Munster for 5-8. Uh, Cleary once again halfback of the year, although the margin not quite as big as last year. Uh, Cam Murray gets best lock in a, a pretty hot field, including Isaiah Yo, who came in second. Um, Jason Tamalolo is slipping a little bit, obviously been out injured a fair bit of this year and the Cowboys are uh, struggling. Papali'i, I mentioned, um, edging out the likes of uh, Kikau, um, for second rower of the year, Payne Haas, um, the best prop. No real surprises there, although uh, James Fisher-Harris may be a little bit unlucky uh, coming in at second. Um, and Brandon Smith, uh, Alicia, um, the hooker of the year is probably a little bit, um, I mean, it's, he, he's been fantastic, but he's also not been just solely playing at hooker, um, unlike some of the others. Yeah, it is an interesting one, although, um, you know, stats-wise, he's very much up there and we've seen that he's, he's kept Harry Grant uh, benched, basically, for when they when both of those guys have come out and played for Melbourne. So, um, look, I think a lot of us sort of thought that he outgrew that, that hooker spot with Cameron Smith there last year. We all thought, oh, he'll just replace Dale Finucan. Um, and he might still do that next year when Dale moves on to the Cronulla, but um, he's very much made it his own. And I like the fact that, 
he does come on in that first 20 and just goes, you know, we know that he's he's got no stop button, but um, mm. I guess he does just just get, get into that rough stuff early and sort of probably takes the heat off Harry Grant. You know, Harry can then come on and then be creative, whereas Brennan Smith, you know what you're going to get up front. So I think it's worked, you know, it couldn't have gone any better for Craig Bellamy this year. And, yeah, I'd have him in front, um, definitely. I think he's been easily the most consistent um, it's easy, obviously, in the side that he's in, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely have him on top. We've also got Sam Walker just in front of Reese Walsh for uh, Rookie of the Year. James Tedesco's leadership gets him the Captain of the Year. Uh, plaudits with fans, given what the Roosters have done through their horror injury toll. Um, Nico Hines just in front of Isaiah Papali'i for most improved players. Um, Storm the most heavily backed for likely 2021 uh, premiers. Um, Marty, you've had a bit of a look at this poll. There's a few things in there around current issues. Fans having to say on the the refs, the bunker. They're um, reasonably happy with the uh, the refs. They want technology used a little bit less they still like the idea of um, technology ruling on forward passes pretty happy with the nrl administration um a few other things in there what do, what sort of jumped out at you from the uh, the issues stuff mate i always find the uh technology on forward passes an interesting one isn't it like i think you you see var in soccer and there's a lot of other sports that are using that te- technology but all it seems to do from what i've seen particularly in uh big soccer matches is just cause more drama it's uh there's no perfect way to uh, to officiate this. I think uh, I think forward passes for me anyway are best left the way that they are. There's no uh, there's probably no perfect game ever in sport, and certainly not in rugby league. But I don't think that the technology is particularly going to help us there. And I think just interesting what the fans are saying about the speed of the game. I guess that's a a massive talking point with players, particularly in the number of injuries and ever since we bought in the six again rule last year, how it's changed the speed of the game. So look. About two thirds of people saying that uh, they still feel that the the speed of the game is okay, um, which is interesting. I think perhaps in the last, to me anyway, it feels like the last six to eight weeks it has sort of gone, found a bit more of a rhythm. I think uh, it feels to me anyway, pretty good at the moment. And I think uh, one of the things that's been a benefit certainly in the last few weeks is the uh, a lot of afternoon footy, a lot of open games, I think in the in the sunshine, we're all loving, loving watching those games up in Queensland. So speed of the game, I think, feels like it's pretty good right now. Yeah, certainly some interesting takeouts in that one. You can read all about it on nrl.com. Let's talk about some rugby league um, on the field coming up in round 24. It starts with the uh, Knights up against the Titans. Uh, Alicia, Knights basically with nine out of 10 fingers wrapped around a finals berth now. They'd need uh, a lot to go wrong to um, to mathematically miss out on the finals from here. Probably going to finish seventh, it looks like. Uh, Titans very much in that scrap for, for one of the two, uh, or probably for the last remaining spot. Yeah, that's it. It's pretty much, I guess, the Knights, not that they want to take it easy, but, um, you know, they win, they lock it up. And if Titans win, they're very much still in the race. So plenty to play for in this game. You'd like to think the Titans have probably got a bit more to play for on Thursday night, but um, yeah, look, uh, just on the nights, like obviously we've spoken about in the last couple of weeks, but their game against the Bulldogs probably, you know, it wasn't convincing again. They've obviously they've strung four wins together, which is great, but they still need, I think, to go up another level. And I don't know what, what it is about their attack. I think they've been asked about it this week, whether they're too structured or just not finding the right man at, at the right time. But um, I think against the Titans who like to throw it around defensively, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for them, but um. Yeah, I just want to see a bit more from the Knights in attack because uh, they just got to get a few more points on the board leading into the finals. Do you reckon any psychological scars at all? They played about this time last year, the uh, 
Knights were finals bound. The fast finishing, fast finishing Titans weren't quite finals bound, but absolutely smashed Newcastle in uh, the final week of the regular season. And uh, Newcastle made a pretty ignominious exit from the finals race the week after. Yeah, from memory that game too, if Newcastle won, they would have locked in the, the home final, which obviously playing South up in Newcastle would have been such a different circumstance mm. for them, but they they totally blew it. And and that's right, they don't have a great record against the Titans. You know, recent years, the Titans have put a lot of points on them, especially in the Adam, o, uh, Bro, Adam O'Brien era. So, um, yeah, and I expect the Titans to, to come out firing and, and they've got points, we know that. they just got to get their defence right. So, um, yeah, it should be a great game. Hopefully points, a lot of points are scored. What do you reckon about the Titans, Marty? They, um, they've just re-signed uh, Jaden Campbell, who I've absolutely been loving when I've seen him this year. Unfortunately, uh, AJ Brimson out for probably most of the rest of the year, if not the season, uh, with a, a broken jaw. And we're also talking uh, recently about what happens when Jamal Fogarty comes back from injury. Is it um, Toby Sexton that has to go back to... Uh, you know, the backups or, or is it Ash Taylor? And it turns out they've now both been punted and it's Fogarty with uh, Tyrone Peachy in the halves. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think um, I thought Ash Taylor had been playing some reasonable footy, but obviously uh, Justin Holbrook's having a bit of a look at some different combinations. There. I mean, I think Tyrone Peachy's a sensational player, but mostly when he comes off the bench, he gives a real impact when he's put into the game. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes from the start. I think uh, David Fafita's the other one. There's been plenty of discussion about him uh, back put back to the bench again this week after a pretty ordinary game. And I guess with Kevin Proctor in some doubt, there's a chance for Fafita could find himself in the starting side. But I think they're going to reflect on a, on a pretty disappointing season, really. I, I know they could still be in the hunt if they win this game, but... Uh, I can't see them getting past Newcastle. I feel like Newcastle are just going to hit their straps, particularly with their spine playing more footy together. So, yeah, I think I think Newcastle will just be too good for them. It's one endorsement for Newcastle. Alicia, who are you tipping? Believe it or not, I've gone the Titans. Um, I just think the recent record, and, and again, I allude to Newcastle's attack, um, I just don't think they'll have enough points. Um, I think the Titans played really well against Melbourne. If they put in that first half performance, I think they'll blow Newcastle away. So, uh, yeah, as we all know, I do have a little soft spot for the Knights, so this is a tough one, but I just, yeah, I think I think the Titans can get it done. I've actually gone uh, the same way. I um, yeah, I agree with you. I thought they started really well against Melbourne. Obviously, they, they fell away, but um, you know, Melbourne have certainly put a few teams uh, to the sword this year, and, and Knights, I agree with you on the, their attack as well. It's been really lacklustre. Um, what do they beat the Dogs by six points, and they probably should have put them away. Um, yeah, not all that convincing, I didn't think. Um, last week, sorry, yeah, six points. So, yeah, not all that convincing last week, Newcastle. So it's a tip from the tit- for the Titans from me as well. Uh, the first of the two Friday games, Warriors up against the uh, Raiders. Marty, Warriors with a, a big chance to keep themselves in the finals hunt last week. Couldn't quite get it done uh, against the Broncos. Certainly an entertaining game despite the uh, error rate. Probably, um, you know, a tough one for Reese Walsh, but I don't think you can be blaming him um, if you're relying on a teenager to be booting tough conversions or you know, hit and hope long-range field goals to, to keep you in the game, then um, things have probably gone wrong before that. Yeah, look, I think that was a uh, it was a tough situation, certainly for him right at the end of the game with the last conversion. And then, uh, you know, trying to land a, a field goal from a long way out was always a, you know, probably not going to happen for them. So, look, they all reflect, I guess, that was a massive opportunity. They seem to have uh, probably dropped out of the race now. So it'll be interesting to see whether they can sort of, I guess, focus enough to, to drag anything out of the last couple of weeks. I mean, there's always pride. And I think that's one thing the Warriors have shown this year, Nathan Brown and 
Um, I think even Todd Payton at the end of last year instilled a bit of a different attitude in this side. And I do think they'll want to finish the season on a good note. So it'll be interesting to see whether they can, uh, you know, dig deep and, and I guess sort of, uh, you know, put a bit of a dent in uh, Canberra's chances if they can knock them over. What about the Raiders? Alicia probably missed an opportunity against uh, a turbo-less Manly last week, a game that, you know, in hindsight, they probably should have won and would have all but, you know, would have got them into the eight and, and all, you know, given a huge leg up towards finishing in the finals. They now sit in 10th and probably have to win their, their last two um, and even then probably need some other results to, to go their way. Yeah, that's it. It's been pretty disappointing sort of season for the Raiders. I think Josh Hodgson spoke yesterday about just the fact that um, they've known all along that they sort of blew it early on in the year and now they've been playing catch up ever since. So um, he did say, obviously, if they didn't get the job done the next fortnight, they can reflect back on that. Uh, those games earlier in the season, um, I think they've dropped about, is it six games now after leading from half, at half time? So they obviously have got, got a couple of issues they need to address in the preseason. But um, look, I think I think I like Matt Frawley coming in. I know Sammy Williams has been on the podcast before. I think he picked up a head knock actually. But, um, you know, Matt Frawley coming in um, might just be something that sort of sparks him a little bit, I think. Chances equal Klockstad um, as well. Coming back, he obviously had a pretty tough uh, return dropping that ball in the with the first touch. But um, look, I think you know it, it's it's a bit of a weird game because both these sides sort of probably are unlikely to make the finals. But um, I think you know if Canberra can obviously get a win on the board, stranger things have happened in the year. But you just look at Canberra and, and what they've got on paper, you just expected them to be much better this year. So. Um, yeah, I think it should be a pretty tight one, though. I think the Warriors are playing some pretty good footy at the moment. Who's that a tip for? Uh, I've gone the Raiders. Just trying to think. Yep. How do you see it, Marty? Yeah, Raiders for me. Look, I've been a, a big fan of the Warriors and what they've been able to do, but uh, maybe all the air went out of the balloon last week for them and uh, Canberra just with, with too much at stake. I think they'll get the job done. Yeah, I'm uh, reluctant to tip against the Warriors, but I have to go for the Raiders as well. The second uh, Friday game and the second week running, we've had an absolute blockbuster on uh, on Friday night, both involving South. Last week it was Penrith. This week it's the Roosters. Uh, Alicia, the old rivalry, but probably not the the thing that's at the forefront for the Roosters who uh, have a, a top four spot to play for and just a, a shocking injury toll. They only 20 fit players to name in their squad of 21 um, this week. Adam Kieran uh, with a, a head knock off a five-day turner and is out. Nat Butcher's hurt his knee. He's out. We've got um, Lachlan Lamb has gone to the centres. Brad Abbey, who I don't think has played NRL for the Roosters, um, coming in on the wing after a, a couple of games in his career for uh, for Canberra and the Bulldogs. Um, very much a patch together team. Egan Butcher, the youngster who was good off the bench last week, comes into the, the starting side. So, um, yeah, that just holes everywhere. But um, I think we saw last week, even though they didn't have it all their own way, that there's still a lot of spirit and, and quality in this squad. Yeah, I think and we, we look towards the captain, you know, James Sadesco, he just took it upon himself last week. And we know we've seen Teddy performances in the past where, you know, you can almost single like single-handedly carry a team and um, he obviously had some mates last week, but he's just playing some outstanding footy. And while he's in the team, you know, I give him every chance to to do well. But um, this is this is taking next man up mentality very, you know, to the extreme. They hope hopefully they get a couple of players back when they when they get to the finals in a couple of weeks. But for now, it's almost like a bit of survival mode for them. Um, but uh, Lockie Lamb, like he's obviously a bit more of a left side player, so I don't mind that move to the centres. They need to sort of fit him in. Um, 
obviously they got no choice as well. Brad Abbey on the wing. Um, he's a pretty handy type, probably hasn't played a lot of footy this year at all. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I, obviously, I don't think they're going to have the strength to beat South, just given how depleted they are, but um, they've shown that they're definitely capable. What do you reckon about the uh, the Bunnies? Marty copped a, a little bit of a, a second-half lesson from the Panthers uh, last week, but other than Penrith and Melbourne, they've uh, pretty much been way too good for everyone else so far this year, um, including the Roosters. And, um, yeah, their attacking players, once they wind up, are, are just so hard to stop. Yeah, look, I think their their second half last week was extremely disappointing, I guess, after getting away to such a great start in that game and then not finding any points for about the last hour of that match. I think they have a fair bit to work on. They copped a bit of a hammering in the penalties and there was a couple of ones. I know Wayne Bennett was, uh, as he said, dumbfounded by the Mark Nichols uh, downtown penalty. But at the end of the day, their discipline just completely went out the window. And if they do that again, they'll pay a price. They really need to make a statement, I think, against one of these sort of sides that are right up there in the mix. So um, Damien Cook in a little bit of doubt. You'd have to think they'd rest him if there's any, you know, any chance with that quad problem that he's got. Benji Marshall could come into the starting side. So I do expect them to uh, hit back pretty hard. But, they, yeah, they certainly won't want to be uh, giving away the amount of penalties and, and sort of the same discipline problems they had last week. What did you think about the downtown penalty? I, I usually find myself in agreement with Wayne Bennett when he's talking about issues to do with the game, but uh, Mark Nichols wasn't just in front of the kicker. He was in front of the where the spot where the play the ball took place, raced downfield, and then he ended up with the ball a, a couple of seconds later. I mean, we see referees call players downtown offside um, you know, during games every week and that the players don't get involved in the play. Uh, it didn't really seem like a particularly controversial one for me like the referees are just um enforcing the rules that are you know all the players should be aware are there yeah it was a pretty obvious one i thought i mean wayne was obviously uh, i think at that press conference pretty frustrated with the whole second half i would say and and just when a string of penalties go against you like that and um you know you're probably always looking for something but there was a lot more issues i think to uh to look at particularly with the way they uh handled or didn't handle nathan cleary's kicking and uh few things that went wrong at the back there. So, no, that penalty for me was fine. And uh, I'm sure he would have had a bit of a look at that this week. But, I mean, look, there's downtown. There's guys, as you said, they go down after every kick and the, the referees call them out. So, yeah, I'm sure he's had a bit of a look at it. But there was a lot more for, for Wayne to worry about out of that game. More often than not, the downtown players are played on side once the, um, the the fullback receives the ball and they're more than 10 metres away and so on. But in this case, he, he got there too quickly and uh, and ended up with the ball. Um, so that's a, a tip for the Rabbitohs, is it? Yeah, Rabbitohs for me. Alicia as well? Yep, I'm the same. Yep, Rabbitohs for me. Um, also, uh, Dragons and the Cowboys kick us off on um, on Saturday afternoon uh, from Rockhampton. Uh, Alicia, probably not. I mean, Dragons technically still in the finals hunt, but I think we've probably all put a bit of a line so I can just, <laughs> just shaking your head. Um, what 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 does the rest of the season hold for the the Dragons? I don't think any of us think they can make the uh, the finals. They've got I think Souths next week. So even if they win this one, um, yeah, it's it's not happening for them at the moment. Yeah, I just think some of their young guns, you know, Hooks obviously um, given them a chance in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I think this is the time, get get a couple of guys with a couple more games experience. Um, they've been massively disappointing, obviously, we all know. Um, they've gone downhill since the barbecue incident at Paul Vaughan's place. So, um, yeah, it's, it's such a desperate game, this. And um, the Dragons, you know, showed some glimpses against the Roosters last week, but then just sort of fell away when the game was on the line. So, that comes down to your, your key men and 
you know, someone like Corey Norman now without Ben Hunt there, he just gets back control the next couple of weeks. You know, he's searching for a club himself. So um, whether it's in Australia or overseas, I'm sure he wants to finish this year strong and that, that that's the sort of, they're the sort of players that you need to lift. So, yeah, they've been massively disappointing. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, they're up against the side that, is down in the dumps themselves. So it should be a pretty intriguing one given probably neither, obviously one is going to make the finals, but the Dragons are well outsiders. Mm. We had a bit of an opportunity last week uh, against the Roosters leading partway through the uh, the second half. Matt Dufty had been recalled, has been dropped again for Tyrell Sloan. I guess maybe a little bit of an acknowledgement from um, from Hook that they're not going to play the finals. So now he might as well just play the uh, the guys who are going to be there uh, next year. Talatawa Mone has been uh, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, his development as he goes along. Um, Marty, what, what do the Cowboys try and get out of this one? They've moved Val Holmes to the centres. They've moved Jason Tamalolo to the front row. Um, few of the, the young fellas getting a run here and Lukey in the starting side, Jeremiah Nanai and Griffin Neem both uh, on the bench. Um, Hamaso Tabuai Fido back from his appendix surgery um, a week or two ago now playing at, at fullback. Um, you know, I've liked a lot of what uh, Todd Payton's done in both at the Warriors last year and Cowboys this year, but um, what are they now? Ten losses on the on the bounce. It's, uh, it's you know looking a bit desperate for the Cowboys. Oh, it's just it's unbelievable how uh, pear-shaped their season has gone and yeah, to think that they would string together 10 losses in a row is just hard to believe. I think uh, poor old Jason Tumbalola, you know, we've spoken about the number of hand injuries that he's had this year. He's still not 100% to come back this week, although they they desperately need him. They get Kyle Felt back, which is good. He's obviously uh, very handy for them. And Val Holmes goes into the centres. So, I oh, mean, look, this is just two sides. I mean, look, the, the positive is after six losses and 10 losses, one of them will get to win. Um, unless they manufacture a golden point draw, which uh, possibly isn't out of the question either the way they're playing. So uh, let's hope one of them gets to win. But uh, yeah, just I think the Cowboys really need to salvage a bit of pride with uh, two games left and they'll be desperate to do that. And I guess the same, exactly the same goes for the Dragons. Give us a tip. I'm going to go for the Dragons by uh, one point. Alicia? Yeah, I went the Dragons as well with absolutely no confidence, but I really would like to see Tommy Dean get a first up win at the Cows, but I think it mm. might take another week. Yeah, I wanted to tip North Queensland, but I've done it once or twice in the past uh, 10 weeks. And it hasn't gone well for me. So, yeah, Dragons for me as well. Uh, Sharks up against the uh, Broncos coming from Suncorp uh, Saturday afternoon. Alicia Sharks missing uh, plenty of their uh, attacking stars that they started the season. We'd still able to rack up 50 points against the West Tigers uh, last week. We could talk a bit about the, the calibre of the defence that was in front of them, but uh, it was pretty impressive stuff from the, the Sharks last week. Yeah, sure was. Um, you know, Luke Metcalf, I thought, was outstanding. And his combination with Braden Trindle in the halves really turned it on. And we know that the Sharks have got some great outside backs, but they actually, you know, use them. And, um, you know, how good was it to see, like, Ronaldo Molotalo before his injury sort of set up a try and, and Sione Capola was busting through the middle. They sort of came sniffing for it, which is what we haven't seen from the Sharks outside backs this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was against the Tigers, who obviously we know are not a great defensive unit, but... Um, yeah, they really put the points on the board and, you know, they're sitting now back inside the eight and um, up against the Broncos side that's on the improve. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those games that I guess the Sharks would be tipped to win. But I think this time the, the last corresponding game was at Suncorp and they the Broncos upset them. So plenty to play for this week. What about Brisbane, Marty? They, um, 
you know, some improved signs over the past few weeks, a hard-fought win over the, the Warriors, some wonderful stuff from Payne Haas, really impressive game from Anthony Milford, who's obviously had a pretty challenging uh, season, now signed uh, a reduced deal with South uh, for next year, but looking to finish his Brisbane career on a high, a few other little bright spots in that uh, lineup. Yeah, and they've re-signed Albert Kelly for another year, which I think is a great reward for him for perseverance. You know, he'll be up there next year with uh, Adam Reynolds coming to the club, and I think he's he's made a huge difference. It was great to see Anthony Milford have a big game, and yeah, you mentioned Payne Haas. He's just been unbelievable. He's really matured this year, and he's carrying that team along. And yeah, I do think there's been a number of positive signs for them as, as the year goes on. I mean, that was a good game to to come away with a win last week in such a, a tight contest that easily could have gone the other way. So I think they can play, uh, they can certainly see the chance to play spoiler here and uh, upset the Sharks. I think the good thing for Cronulla is, you know, they would have seen what the, the Titans and the, the Raiders have done before them earlier in the weekend. So after giving that for and against a massive boost last week and knowing exactly what those sort of two other sides right near them on 20 points have done, it'll be... Uh, it's a perfect spot for them to be in. They basically control their own their own destiny. Well, yeah, you're right. Sitting in eighth uh, with a, a superior for and against after that big win, they um, just uh, need to keep winning and they can guarantee a, a finals finish. Are you tipping Cronulla? Yeah, I think Cronulla will be too good. It's uh, just got a, a lot on the line there. And, you know, as I said, depending what those other two sides have done, they might be in a position to almost uh, wrap up their spot in the eighth. So it's uh, no, too much on the line for Sharks. that They'll get the job done. Alicia? Yep, I'm the same. Yep, Cronulla for me as well. The Storm up against the Eels on Saturday night. Uh, Storm shooting for a historic 20th win in a row. Scarcely believable stuff from uh, Craig Belly's in the Eels. I don't think anyone's prepared to say that they uh, turned it around after snapping their, their losing streak last week, but uh, did get a win, which was um, very much needed after uh, four pretty convincing losses in a row. Um, Alicia, what are you expecting from this one? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Obviously, Melbourne, I'm just, I just expect them to come out all guns blazing. You know, they've probably picked their best side. Um, a lot of guys are coming back from being either rested or, you know, Jerome Hughes who had his head knocked. So I think they want to make a really big statement against Parramatta. You know, we've seen past games, there's been a bit of tension between the two sides. Parramatta have had a couple of wins against Melbourne in recent years. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting Melbourne to come out and play that typical fast start and, and see whether Parramatta, that's been the question, can they handle it? You know, do they, can they chase after a team? Can they go at a team? Um, it's something that they haven't been able to do for the past, you know, five weeks. Um, in saying that, I thought they showed a few signs. You know, you can only play lots of head of you against the Cowboys last week. And I thought some of their tries were quite good. They got back into a bit of a rhythm, but yeah, they're going to have to go to another year against this Melbourne side. Yeah, it's a, it is a weird one. They sort of, um, you know, they beat Melbourne at the start of the year, played really, really well. Mitch Moses controlled the game and kicked wonderfully at wet weather footy. And they, they just, you know, they, they legitimately, you know, beat Melbourne by, by playing better, which, you know, hasn't been something the Eels have done a lot and certainly haven't done in big games towards the end of the year. Got a shocking record against Melbourne in, in finals games. And I just feel like, yeah, the end of the year with, um, you know, both teams having sort of settled into their, their form might be a very different ask. Uh, Marty, along with uh, Mike Acebo, obviously uh, very sad news, has ruptured his ACL and out for, for six to nine months. So he was getting a little bit skinny in their, their roster with a few other guys, Campbell Gillard injured, Ryan Madison suspended. Um, yeah, it might do it a little bit tough against a, a Storm side that, like Alicia said, got a few players coming back. Oh, they're going to have to dig very deep, Parramatta. Look, as Alicia said, they got it done last week. That's all they could do. They found a win when they needed one, but... Michael Sivo is just a massive loss. I mean, Blake Ferguson's had such an up and down year. He comes back in again. Hayes Dunster's had moments of 
you know, brilliance, I guess, for a young guy, but also pretty inconsistent. So um, I think most people just expect the uh, Storm will roll on and take this record on their own uh, and make it 20 wins. And, and who knows where it stops? It's uh, If they make it all the way to the grand final and win the grand final, they'll be up there about 24 wins in a row. So uh, the juggernaut will roll on. But look, I think Parramatta, certainly, it's, it's important for them to make a bit of a statement and, and at least, uh, you know, push them as hard as they can. So it should be a good contest. Well, yeah, I mean, Eel's not really playing for, for ladder position. I don't, you know, with Melbourne this week and Penrith next week, I don't think anyone's expecting them to climb higher than sixth and, and finishing in the top four. Uh, Manny, who we'll get to in a second, two pretty uh, winnable games coming up for them, but it's probably more just about rediscovering their uh, their confidence. So even playing well and losing uh, might be a decent result for them. Are you, are you tipping a Melbourne win? Yeah, definitely Melbourne for me. Alicia? Yeah, I'm the same. Yep, Storm for me as well. Sunday footy kicks off with the Seagulls up against the Bulldogs coming uh, from Redcliffe. Alicia, probably, well, I think the most one-sided game of the whole year between these two clubs uh, last time. Now, Bulldogs were missing quite a few players in that one, but they're missing quite a few players again and uh, man, they get Tommy Turbo back. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of deja vu, I feel like, you know, heading into that Bank West game uh, a couple of months ago when obviously they put 60-odd points on the Bulldogs. It, it just looks really worrying signs for, for Canterbury this week. Tommy Turbo's back. Just looking at the odds, a dollar oh three Manly to win. Bulldogs out to thirteen dollars. Obviously, I'm not a betting person, but that just tells me that you know it's going to be a very one-sided affair. And um, you know, Manly want that top four spot, and they've got a massive opportunity if the Roosters go down. You know, they can get into the top four. So um, yeah, big game for Manly. Not so much the Bulldogs, but. Um, yeah, I'm very worried for this Canterbury outfit. Who's just, as you say, it's absolutely depleted. Changes Trent Barrett's made every week um, has made it very hard for, for this side to get any sort of balance in their team. Yeah, it's certainly like missing from a, a pretty weak roster, missing a, a number of first string players. You know, Jack, um, sorry, Luke Thompson suspended again and, and Jake Avarillo unlikely to, to make a, an appearance listed in the reserves with a, uh, an injury. Marty, I mean, what do you make of this one? Oh, look, just very tough. Obviously, the two guys that uh, helped them out from Canberra, the loan system, they've uh, they've gone back as well. So they lose them. It's just uh, an Adam Elliott stood down. So, you know, it's it's really tough for Trent Barrett at the moment. Look, they, they showed some reasonable signs last week and, Jaden Nockenbohr uh, scored one of the tries of the season quite late in the game. So I think they would have taken a little bit of confidence out of that game. But just the fact they got to make so many changes week after week, um, you know, let's just hope it's not uh, 66 points again. But, geez, the way Manly have played and when they click, uh, it could get very ugly. Yeah, I think that's all three of us tipping the uh, the Sea Eagles. So, um, they're straight on to the, the final game of the round, the Battle of the Big Cats, the Panthers up against the West Tigers. Alicia, um, Penrith really starting to uh, to flex their muscles after, um, you know, a bit of an injury-ravaged patch, missing uh, Nathan Cleary for, you know, since Origin 2 up until a fortnight ago. Jerome Loy also out. James Fisher-Harris back um, this week. Uh, missed a few other players along the way. Brian Toto back from injury this week. He's absolutely massive. I think they've really mm. missed... Uh, him so it's a it's a strong Penrith team um, up against a, a Tigers team that um, coming off a, a 50 point loss and probably had their, their finals hopes ended last week. Yeah Penrith getting those guys back is absolutely huge you know you just feel like now outside looking in that that Ivan sort of timed it perfectly with these guys coming back into the medical staff get Brian to you know a couple of games under his belt before the finals and 
um, James Fisher Harris. You know, when you got a guy like Charlie Staines, obviously he probably hasn't had the best year, you know, given he's in such a great side. But um, you know, he's in the reserves. Like they've got a plethora of players all fit and, and ready to go. So um, look, I, I take it back to that that game where it was very Origin depleted at Leichhardt, you know, between these two sides a couple of months ago, I was there, you know, the crowd was absolutely giving it to Ivan. So it's a shame that the game's not a Penrith because it would have been sold out within five seconds. But um, yeah, they head north for this. So I think there'll be a bit of feeling. There always is. We know the history between these two clubs, particularly in, in, in the recent years. So um, yeah, I think Penrith are just starting to find their groove. Like last week, they were amazing against South Sydney. You know, when, when it came to it, they held their nerve, they were down, but then they sort of I, I thought as, as terrible as it sounds when Dylan Edwards went off with that head knock it sort of sparked him a little bit you know Stephen mm. Crichton moving back to fullback I thought that was just a really big change so yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens this week. Nathan Cleary with just those towering skyscraping bombs causing huge traumas oh. for the uh, the South <laughs> back lines they had no idea how to deal with those. Uh, Marty that the Tigers team minus Adam Dewey who's probably been their best player this year, certainly the most impressive player in, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, not much left to play for coming off a, you know, a morale sapping 50 point loss. You're expecting a, a lot of fight up against the Panthers this week. Oh, I just think with Adam Dewey gone, he's, he's just one of those guys. He's a bit of the heart and soul of the place. I think he's, he's aggressive and he, he talks the talks, the talk and he gets the team going the right direction. I just think they're really going to struggle if they, you know, the way they were, Opened up last week. Penrith have got uh, at least the equal in attack that uh, Cronulla, probably more. So could get very, uh, very messy, I think, for West Tigers. I, I, I just think Panthers are moving in the right direction and uh, they'll just be way too good. They look pretty ominous at the moment. Alicia, are you also tipping Penrith? Yep, Penrith for me. Yeah, Penrith for me as well. That is all eight games from round 24. Like I said at the top, jump on NRL.com and check out the uh, fans poll. Some interesting stuff in there. Marty and Alicia, thank you both once again for your time. We'll be back this time next week to preview round 25. <laughs>